Hi, Emery. I want to tell you about a very special place. I hope it's going to be where you can get some medicine for that cold. Actually, I was going to talk about the CNUSD Parent Center. Oh, yes, I want to visit. Right when you walk into the Parent Center, you are greeted by the smiling, friendly staff, a beautiful mural, cozy sitting areas, homework and computer stations for students and families. And I know that our Parent Center offers classes for parents and families, staff development, summer lit camps, family counseling, childcare, and so much more. Yes, I had the privilege of working with the summer campers at the Parent Center, and it was filled with tents and camping chairs and beautiful books and beautiful children. Aww. Well, in this episode, Ivy chats with the Director of Student Family Support Services, the amazing Cassandra Willis. Kim, Kate, and Ivy spent the morning with Cassandra at the Parent Center this fall. Well, Cassandra, we want to welcome you to CNUSD at Chat Thank today. You. Thanks for having me. We are happy to have you. And we're hoping that you can start by just telling our listeners um, what you do and where you work and how you're a part of the CNUSD family. I am the Director over Student Family Support Services here for our district. Really, Student Family Support Services is just helping our, our families in any way necessary. So that could be with helping them through academic support, providing them social and emotional support, um, all the way to things such as community resources and families in crisis. We do a lot of that, but we also do a lot of professional development that focuses on parent engagement and how we can increase that parent partnership with our schools. So we provide a lot of um, staff development for our schools. So that's generally what we do here. I'm wondering what exactly sparked your passion um, and brought you into the work of family and community engagement? I would have to say that it started a long time ago with my mom. My mom was an elementary school principal, teacher first, obviously, and a principal. And one thing that I always admired about her was how she connected with her families. That was a big, big part of who she was. And I saw the benefits of that payoff because they were always there supporting her, always have, you know, we always say have her back and, and supporting her in the classroom, working with their kids. It was always this partnership feel. So I think it started for me years ago as I watched my mom. But then as I grew as a, and became a teacher myself, I realized that I couldn't do this by myself. I needed to really have my parents on board and, and to be able to engage with them. And as a principal, moving up into the principalship, I would definitely say that's when it really hit me how important and how valuable this was. At a Title I school and a high poverty school, sometimes families have the tendency to you know, step back and allow the educators to do their job and they don't want to play a role in that. But when you're dealing with uh, students that are, are struggling sometimes and they're dealing with a lot of outside factors and, and we're trying to work in the classroom and do different things, um, you realize that you must have the parents on board because we can't do it by ourselves. So being in that type of environment made me realize, okay, what can I do to make sure that our families, number one, support the learning of their kids, but also overall support of the school was something very important to me. So I would say my passion for that started in my years as principal. I knew that I had to get uh, families engaged in the work and that if you look at all the research, one of the things that they say, one of the top ways to impact student academics as it's connected to student, I mean, family engagement is learning at home. 
And so how am I going to do that when our two groups are isolated and Mm -hmm. the teachers are in one place, the parents are in another place? And so I realized I had to bridge that gap between them and start to uh, begin to build relationships. And that's where my passion started. And I know you do a lot of work here at the CNUSD Parent Center that's grounded in Dr. Joyce Epstein's research and practices around school, family, and community partnerships. I was wondering if you could tell us and others who might be looking to build these types of partnerships, exactly how has her work been useful to you? The the way it's, it's set up is truly a partnership. It's bringing in not just your parents and the administrator, but also teachers, classified staff, parents to kind of engage in this conversation around student achievement. The way it's a little bit different, I think the way that I I see it differently, when I was at the school site, we did a lot. You know, we had carnivals and people were on PTA and those are all great things. There's nothing wrong with those things. But when we talk about a true partnership, it is bringing everybody in and giving everybody a voice. And I think a lot of times in our traditional way, it's usually just that small group of stay-at-home moms that get to do a lot of the work and do the leadership piece. But under Joyce Epstein's model, she really says, no, you have to bring in voices from different backgrounds, socioeconomics, languages, teachers. Everyone comes to the table to really talk about what's best for our kids. So in this model, um, there's definitely there's six different things that we cover. And I actually do this training for our district. We've trained about I want to say 14 schools so far in Action Team for Partnerships um, under Joyce Epstein's work. And what we do is we bring them in. They're they're groups. It's a group of about 12 people from each site that is focused on parent engagement. Most schools don't have something where they're, they're just focused on that. And they come in. And the first thing that we do is we identify their strengths. And then we also identify what are some of those barriers that you're dealing with your school, um, and we address those. Then what we do uh, that really Joyce Epstein is kind of known for is we take their school goal and we really look at that school goal from how do we connect the parents. One way we do that, how do we educate our parents about the goal? So that's her type number one is really parenting. What do we do to to make sure our parents are aware of this goal and they understand it and they support it. The next thing is the communication. Okay, so this is what they need to know. How will we communicate that goal out to our parents? The third type is volunteering. Do we need volunteers to come in and help support our parents with this? The next piece, which I've mentioned before, the most important part is type four, where it's the learning at home piece. So we have this goal. Now, how do we train our parents to support this goal with their kids at, at home? So that, that's a crucial piece. Um, and so we go through this process. There's actually three other types that she goes over. One is decision-making. The other one is collaborating with the community. And then the last one is building a relationship. So every goal that we have at the school site, we try to look at it from those six to seven perspectives and make sure that it's communicated effectively out to the parents. So that's a big part of her work. But what I love about Joyce Epstein, she always talks about staying focused on what matters. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're just doing stuff. We're just, it looks great. We have a lot of people showed up to the carnival, a lot of people, but it did not educate the parents on well, what are we doing in our school? What is our mm-hmm. vision? What are mm-hmm. our academic goals? You can go to most schools and ask them, okay, what, what are, or ask a parent, what are your academic goals for your kids' school? Do you know? They, they don't know. They'll just say, well, probably to do better in reading, but they don't really understand mm-hmm. because we don't tell them and we don't engage with them in conversations. We gauge, engage with them with more with 
superficial things that are easy versus hitting the core of yeah. what we really need to do. So um, her work has really impacted me a lot um, and has actually guided my practices, and this is what we train our, our, our school site teams to do. That is really exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. It is. No, it is. Very, very much so, because you, you see, I find that it's not always that people don't want to do the work mm-hmm. of engaging community right. and family, but sometimes they just don't know where right. to start. So. And it's very, it has to be very intentional. I think right. sometimes we think it's just going to happen naturally. I'm, I'm you know, nice to a parent, so that's what I need to do. It's beyond that. It is really, you have to be intentional because then we look at the whole lens of equity and what that looks like in the area of parent engagement. And so, um, you know, are our practices equitable for all of our families? You know, are we looking at the issues of transportation? Are we looking Mm -hmm. at the issue of language or how parents learn? Mm -hmm. Um, Literacy levels of our parents. Sometimes we'll say, well, I sent... I sent that paper home, you know, and you have a family who is not literate. So all of that comes into play, too, outside of Epstein's work. She doesn't talk about that as much, but the piece, because with our district, that's a huge component for us, is now my role is okay to lead and guide our principals to this practices of equity as it, as it goes with family engagement. So there's obviously a lot of things, amazing things that are going on at the parent center here. But for teachers who might be looking for some support, I was wondering what you have planned for teachers or that is either going on now or is going to be in the future. Um, we definitely are on a, on a good path as far as planning to provide more professional development for our teachers. We've done a lot with our principals and helping them to set foundations for parent engagement at their school sites. But one of the things I want to do is to really give teachers practical tips on how to work with families prior to there being an issue. Sometimes um, parents only hear from a teacher if there's something wrong or something their child has done something. And we want to stop that. We want to build partnerships between teachers and parents from the very beginning. So some of our trainings that we plan on offering, uh, we have a family-friendly schools training, but we're going to extend that training for teachers. How do you have a family-friendly classroom so that when parents walk in, they, they feel comfortable, they feel like you care about them and their child, and they're, they're little simple things such as communicating prior to, you know, prior to an issue happening, doing home visits if that's a positive, uh, possibility, making those positive phone calls. And there's, there's little things. How do you communicate with your family so they know what's going on? I mean, there's lots of little practical apps and, and, and communication tools that we want to share with our teachers to make sure that they're, they're engaging with families. And that's helpful because sometimes we just don't know, being in the classroom, okay, right. where can I refer this parent to this resource or what are some yeah. things that I can, can share with them? And even at the parents, and we've had teachers call here, mm-hmm. um, say, I'm struggling with this family. I've had principals come and say, can you sit in a meeting with you? We are open to whatever uh, a teacher needs. So even though we may not have a formal uh, professional development yet, I believe we're going to actually be doing one in January through the equity conference. But at the same time, you, they can always give us a call. Like, we are always available for teachers, any of our staff members. We have people call from the district, and we're working with this family. What can we do? I work strongly with the SARB process, so I connect with families there. But there's never an opportunity where you just can't pick up the phone and say, hey, we, we are worried about this. How can you help us? And we're willing to do that. I love that. So now all of our CNUSD teachers out there, you know who you can call. That's right. 951-273-3132. There you go. <laughs> 
what are you offering for parents? Oh, great question. Thank you for asking. So I would here at the Parent Center, we offer a variety of different resources from parents. So one thing that I think we do exceptionally well is our parent education program. We don't we focus on academic programs as well, such as for example, we do a transition to high school program. So we work with all the families in the district and help them. Uh, it's a four week course that we offer and helps them transition their kids from middle school to high school. We also do that same program at the elementary level. So we do a lot of that, but not just the academic part. We provide a lot of social and emotional support for parents who are dealing with struggling behaviors. We have two programs. One's called Loving Solutions. The other one is called Parent Project. Loving Solutions is our elementary parenting program that I teach with um, some of my colleagues here. Really helps to set that foundation of communication and love and respect and setting boundaries with your kids. Then we have the Parent Project, which is kind of our flip side of that, where we have kids that are more dealing with uh, juvenile delinquency, um, alcoholism, more severe behaviors. Both of those programs have been very powerful for our families, and we we keep them pretty full. So parenting is another part that we offer resources in. We also here have a family counseling um, program. So on Wednesdays and Thursdays, families that are in need of counseling services can come here and set up an appointment. All of our services are free of charge, and that usually stays um, pretty busy as well. So we're really grateful for um, those opportunities to be able to service our families there. But we also do provide places if parents are in crisis. So say, for example, a teacher or whoever's listening today, you have a family within our school district that may have just lost their home or maybe they need food for the next week or can you just help us get clothes? And um, we have quite a few of those types of resources, electricity support. We can connect you with the right people, although as a district, We don't necessarily fund those specific things, but we have resources that we can connect them to. Medical insurance, if you need to see a doctor, all of those are are parts of the program that we have here. Our classes, um, if you're ever interested in sending a parent or asking a parent to come to our classes, we want you to know that all of our classes, we have childcare that is free of charge for our families. We have a computer lab that is open to families all day long. Um, After school, kids can come and they do their homework. There's quite a few resources that are offered here. We have mentorships. We have our dad's um, mentoring program. And so we're really proud of the the work that we've done here. And there's so much more to say, but I'll leave it at that. But come check us out. And I'm sure we will because I love it here myself. (laughs) And with so many changes occurring in 21st century education and learning, what advice can you give to teachers or families to try tomorrow, to try this week, and to try this month. Today, the most important thing I think educators can do is to be intentional about building positive relationships with their community as well as their families. We want in Cronenarco, and we've put a lot of time and money and effort into this, we want our families to know that they are important and that they're valuable to us and that their our success is really their success. And so if there is anything that a principal or a teacher can do first tomorrow, 
is build a positive relationship. And people think, well, what do I do? It's so it's no, it's not. Sometimes it's just going out and greeting a family when they're coming in. It's giving a smile. It is making sure that, hey, I just want you to know I care about your kid. And, you know, here's some extra supports to maybe help them. We have to start with positive relationship building. That is uh, we have two pillars in our district. And one is the academic rigor and then the social and emotional support. Both of them are so important. But a lot of times we just get stuck on academic rigor. And it's the same thing that we do with parents sometimes. I just want to talk to you about his grades. And, the, and parents, sometimes that, that's a turnoff. Or maybe it's just overwhelming for them, especially if their literacy skills or their educational background is very limited. So today, build relationships. This week, I would definitely say go in, kind of look at your list, look at students that you're really trying to work with, and begin to be intentional about building that relationship with that parent and providing them with supports versus negatives. So if you had to look at a student who's struggling and you know you've already communicated that to that family, go in from a different perspective and try to provide that. Here's some academic supports. I really care about your kid and I want to support them that way. And then I would say as far as this month, look at how are you communicating your goals within your classroom or your school to your parents? Is there clarity between what is happening in the classroom and the supports that you're expecting parents to have? Um, there's a huge disconnect sometimes in that area. So I would say as you look at your long range goals over the next month, look at how am I effectively communicating my expectations academically, socially to my, or the social emotional side to my parents and um, making sure that that is very, very clear. We definitely want to thank you again for uh, allowing us to interview you. And we totally love this information that you are sharing. And we are sure that our listeners are going to love it as well. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I feel extremely fortunate to work in a district that is intentionally working to connect families with the schools and really becoming partners. And, it, and she mentioned it wasn't just about a welcoming environment, although that's really important. Um, but how do we how are we communicating academic expectations and outcomes to our parents? So it is more than just involvement. It is building a partnership. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of CNUSD Ed Chat. A new episode is available each month. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for extra content. We even have a video tour of our fabulous Parent Center in two short videos available on our Facebook page at CNUSD EdChat. Want to hear your student or child on a future episode? We are looking for kids to record our next kids outro. Read from our script available at www.cnusd.k12.ca.us forward slash EdChat. We even have a script for younger children. Just submit the audio file to our Google Drive folder. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please share with an educator or family member. See you next time. Bye. This episode of CNUSD Ed Chat was written and produced by Kate Jackson, Ivy Yule Eldridge, Anne-Marie Cortez, and me, Kim Kemmer, and edited by Ken Pucci. Hi, my name is Dominique, and I'm in first grade. If you would like to comment on the podcast, go to cnusd.k12.ca.us and be sure to follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CNUSD at chat to let them know the topics you are interested in. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by leaving a five-star review. We greatly appreciate your support.